This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Downwind. Tinks, Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics, Dead Ringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows, Cobra Archery, Camp Chef, Thorn Broadheads, and Deer Camp Coffee. Hello everyone, welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. I'm myself, James Noboom, Dave Thomas, and Logan Holst from Burris Optics. How's it going? Good, how are you guys? Good. So, I hear we got a couple new products coming out. I know we've, we've talked before, but now it's hunting season, so we got to get a little bit more in-depth on these new sites. So why don't you tell us what you got going right now? Yeah, man, on the archery front, you know, as always, we got new stuff coming out left and right but on the archery front we got you know the oracle 2 that range finding bow sight that we had before in the oracle we came out with the second version of that i know we got a couple headed in your guys's ways so you all have to let us know what you think about them basically that's a pretty straightforward explanation everybody knows how the oracle works so the oracle 2 is the same thing right it's a range finding bow sight that gives you your your pin for your exact arrow and uh, includes angle and everything. And basically what we did is we just took all the customer feedback that we got from Oracle one and put it in Oracle two. So. Yep. That's so pretty sweet. What are a couple of the changes? I, I, I know, do know a couple of them, but if you could walk us through them, I think that'd be helpful. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we actually did an entire video on this exact topic. So if you guys want to yeah. go to our YouTube channel, you can check that out. Basically, it's titled, you know, what is the difference between the Oracle 1 and Oracle 2? Pretty straightforward. Um, <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. Um, the, one of the major things that we changed was actually some feedback we got from you guys. So thank you for that. Um, it, people were just saying, you know, I wish I had a little bit more control over the brightness levels. Um, yeah. You know, when it gets really dark, I want to be able to turn it down really low. So we made uh, the LED essentially have more range in its brightness setting. Um, we also just increased the accurateness of the automatic brightness setting. So now when the site automatically kicks itself on, it's going to kick itself on at a more accurate brightness level. So that was probably one of the biggest things that we changed on the site. We also made the site housing a little bit more of a, call it modern design. We took that ring, the actual aiming ring that you see, you know, that you line your peep up with. Yep. We made that a little bit brighter, a little bit different colored green, just a little bit more easy to see. Um, we made the bubble so that if you flip the site over to left, you know, the sweet left-handed trick where you flip it upside down and it automatically switches itself to the left-handed site. Now the left-handers can put the bubble on the bottom. Um, what else? Oh, the, uh, the laser rangefinder uh, in the site. 
that is now mechanical uh, micro adjustments. So it's not on like a loose scale when you're trying to tune in that laser rangefinder. It's now micro adjust. So it makes the sight in process a little bit easier. I tell you what, I mean, first uh, off, <laughs> no booms that on with that thing. And it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, but <clears throat> let's talk about crossbows for a second. So this concept, uh, you know, to put a range finding scope on a crossbow, I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. This actually happened to me when I was hunting. So a few years back, um, I was sitting in this tree stand and Jamie had walked, he sat, he was sitting behind me like 80 yards, hundred yards behind me on a, a different trail, but it was like there. I'm honestly getting sick and tired of the story. I know, but it really, it, it, this, this product right here, it makes sense for this. So this, the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life runs across the field with its nose down to the other edge. So it's behind me and it's run, it's running this edge on the scrape line and it goes to the trail that Jamie went down and it stops dead and it doesn't move for like, 15 minutes. I mean, it's just staring down that trail. And I don't know if it could possibly even see him, but either way, it knew something wasn't right. So it turns and it runs literally right to my right. Like, but it's like 50, 60 yards, but right to my right. So I have a crossbow and I have no rangefinder. So I have no idea what this distance is. So this is a great example. And I missed the deer, but like this is a great example of if I had this thing, it would have been lights out. Like it would have been perfect. I mean, I just can't believe that this had to come out a couple of years after this happened to me. Well, I'm yeah. sure Logan has a little story for you about crossbows then. I do. Yeah. So the product I was just running you guys through is the Oracle two. That's the second version of the vertical bow site. And then, yeah, to solve the, solve the age old problem of the, uh, the range finder, put the range finder down, have to draw your bow debacle that we've been dealing with for decades and decades. The, uh, the <laughs> range finding optic lineage for Burris continues, right? Uh, we now have the range finding ballistic compensating crossbow scope as well. Uh, we call that one the Oracle X that came out this year. Um, it is Amazing. the first ever, yeah, first ever range finding crossbow scope. So uh, essentially, you know, that one again, easy to explain if you know our products. If you know our Eliminator rifle scope, it's the same exact thing in a crossbow scope. So it's got the rangefinder built into it. No separate smartphone, no separate rangefinder. You don't need any of that crap. No connectivity. You don't, you don't need it. You put your crosshairs in the target. You click the button. It gives you the exact distance to your target and the exact holdover for your bolt and wow. for the angle you're shooting at. Yeah. I love when you put like, I love when people can put mathematics into like something like this and like it automatically figure. It's like the coolest thing. That is so yeah. cool. And yeah. the more you hunt, the more you hunt too, the more you really appreciate it because, you know, in, in three gun, we have this saying, right. Where when the buzzer goes off, your head falls out your butt. Right. <laughs> and yep. the same thing is true for hunting. Like all is well when you're practicing until you see that swamp doggy roll in and your, your head falls yep. out your butt and you forget how to do everything that you practice. And it, there's some truth to that, man, buck fever when it sets in. And if you're not feeling buck fever, you're, you probably should yeah. probably stop thing, but yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> when that buck comes in, man, the last thing you want to be thinking about is, okay, I got, I got to range him, then I got to try to dial my sight, then I got to get away with this quiet, smooth draw, and then I got to, like, none of that. What these products allow you to do is to just focus on making a good shot. Once you learn how to trust your equipment, man, you put that pin where it needs to go. Fo focus on making that clean release, like, uh, you know, clean, smooth trigger pull, and you know, let the bullet arrow or bolt do its job.
let's talk about real quick. Let's talk about the like what's going on in a crossbow market. So, for instance, have you guys been able to test this with high speed stuff like like the new Raven coming out that's five hundred feet? Any thoughts to that? Like that could that's not going to be a problem, or we have to look at it. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so we developed the scope uh, with on the Raven actually the the current previous fastest crossbow out there. Um, crossbows i know 10.2 has has one that's just a screecher um so yeah honestly the faster the crossbow the better the scope performs uh and i will explain that to you in layman's terms just like with the bow sight you and your sight circle have only a certain amount of downward distance that aiming point can travel right yeah the faster your bow or crossbow is the further that distance is going to be. So on the scope, if you're cranked up to seven power, that bottom dot on seven power, it might be 60 yards on a slow crossbow. It might be a hundred on a fast crossbow. Cause again, the faster the bolt is moving, the less it's dropping. So the further, you know, the faster your crossbow is, the further you're going to be able to shoot with that scope. That makes sense. Any thoughts to the crossbow, like the twin strike from Excalibur having two bolts? one being technically then lower than the other by an inch or so. I mean, do you think that would be any issue? Yeah. There's two lines of thought on that, right? Like, it's just like when you're studying on the laser with a gun, you can either make those points, like those two arrows can intersect at a determined distance. So you can say, the engineers can say, I want those bolts to cross at perfectly at 60 yards. Or you can choose for those two different paths to travel parallel in, in infinity until they hit the ground, right? I don't know which way they went. That's up to them. As far as, you know, shooting two bolts at once, seems like an expensive idea, but I'm not one to hate on it. People trying to, to push the limits, you never, maybe the two bolt thing is going to come come out to an even better idea. Like, I'm, I'm not one to hate on it. Trying yeah. to push the limits. Um, I prefer to take... Four? You know, one, one good aiming shot that you're not with two bolts. Okay. Maybe maybe somebody wants to shoot one fixed and one uh, one expandable there and, and really try to get the best of both worlds. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I was thinking more just like would there be an issue, but I think you're right because I'm pretty sure that it, those two do intersect at a, at a distance. So, therefore, technically – even if you're aiming with the same spot, should probably hit the same spot regardless on which bolt you fire. Because it has two separate triggers, so it would be one, mm -hmm. then the second one, like a double barrel. Ah, gotcha. Well, could you, yeah. in theory, then, if it's a double trigger, fire both at the same time? You could, but you it's almost impossible. I've done it, yeah. you know, but you have to, like, in each trigger, it's got a different pull weight. It's not the same. I, I don't know if they did that strategically, so you mm -hmm. don't do two at once type thing but they're different feels. So the one's a short pull, one's a longer pull, you know? Um, yeah. We lose video. Uh, you guys just called me on a different line or something. All right. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm all for it. If it's, if it's separate, uh, separate, you know, separate trigger pulls, separate arrows, it's always nice to have a quick follow-up shot. I mean, yeah, that's what I think it's for. Yeah, it's more for like you shoot yeah. the deer or use your going to track. You know, if the you know, or if you miss, you could take another shot. But you ain't missing with that oracle. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Well, hey, I mean, honestly, <laughs> to to play to add on to that, if you have two shots, that's where the oracle is even more effective. 
So if you got that first shot off at 20 yards, let's say you hit him a little far back and he runs out to 50 and he stops. Well, you're tracking him with the scope. The second he stops, quick range him, get that new point of aim and smack him again, right? Yeah, so yeah especially with your him, sight, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> right, versus like having to shoot once, come up to your rangefinder, find him again in the scope, dial yeah. it or hold over and shoot like your time waste is not is not there. So. Yeah, that's crazy. That's cool. So what else you guys got going on? I know um, I heard the word thermal come up a little bit. So what's up with thermals? What you guys work on with that? <laughs> yeah, man, just Thuris is there. Our engineers are nuts, man. And our product <laughs> manager is crazy. Like they're just always pushing the envelope, uh, obviously with the range finding optics. And then now thermal, we got on the thermal kick. It's like, hey, we know people want it. And really there was a huge hole in the market for quality thermal at a really low price. It didn't exist. Uh, so we're like, Hey, let's try it. Bam. Came up with these products, sent them out this year. Uh, unreal, unreal. Uh, it really surprised me. The thermal market is so hot right now. Like you talked about the crossbow market being hot. Thermals are just absolutely blazing <laughs> right yeah. now. So that those sales have been going really well for us. Um, and yeah, we're just helping people. I would say like, and twofold extend their hunting hours which is really cool it's a uh, having gotten addicted to the thermal game already it's <laughs> it's a bad thing man like you just become a vampire <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was just gonna with... say i can see myself sitting out there at one in the morning just looking through yeah that's so Dude, cool. it's, br it's brutal like once you once you hunt with thermal once you're addicted they're it's like a drug and you you're like this is awesome i'm gonna stay out all night well, next thing you know, you're out all night, six nights in a row, and you're sleeping all day, and your sleep cycle's all messed up. And, you know, you're 50 coyotes deep, and you're, like, falling asleep during the day. And, man, yeah, it's, it's something. Uh, it, but, it seems it seemed like it'd be hard, though, because it almost like you can't see anything until you're looking through it. So um, do you guys have any plans to do any binoculars that would go with it so you could be, like, you know, glassing, like a thermal, and yeah, then, then look through the scope? So yeah, within our product lineup, we have handhelds, which is kind of like we call them scanners. And then we have a rifle scope, and then we also have a clip on. So for somebody that's looking to truly get the the setup, you would get a oh, handheld and a rifle. I right? see so you can scan. Yeah. yeah, you scan with the handheld. You see them coming in. You get on your gun that's on its tripod. Bam. And if anybody is looking to get into thermal, I highly recommend we did an entire series of videos on how to get into thermal hunting on our YouTube channel walks you through literally everything from how to set up what gear you could possibly need everything from the entry level gear all the way up to the top end. we walk you through everything step by step. And if you are looking to just get into thermal hunting and that's where that clip in comes to play because you can use that clip on as a hand scanner and then clip it onto your rifle to shoot with. Ooh, so it's kind of a quasi nice. both option there. Yep. Really yeah, cool. those those uh you know thermal those thermal products we have are all coming in sub three thousand dollars, um all the way down to about two. So we've taken those those thermal optics that used to be super unaffordable, you know five, seven, ten, twelve grand in some yeah. cases, and brought it in so now the average person can afford them. Primarily, people are using them for, you know, obviously hog control in the south, yeah. predator control all across the country. Um, and then some people in some states are legal to scout with. So people are, you know, scouting those, those big bucks that go nocturnal, right? Um, obviously check your local guidelines and, and rules on that. But um, I will say from a 
predator standpoint, I've hunted coyotes literally my whole life. And I always thought of myself as a lower mid pack average coyote hunter. And then you go out at night and you just feel like you can't go wrong. It, it is no pun intended, but it's a night and day difference, man. You get out there at night and the coyotes, like their guard is down. They're like, oh, it's dark. We're the apex predator. There's no worry. They come in guard down and yeah, it gets, it gets Western, man. Like the first night I went out with thermal, <laughs> first night I went out with thermal, I was shooting a, a suppressed 22 and I was like, yeah, let's see how many coyotes I can kill with a 22. Why not? Let's see how close we can get them. And I shot 14 coyotes in three days. <laughs> with a 22. Oh yeah. We needed all, to get that done at the least. Yeah. All headshots, just 22 wow. inside. And the wild 22. thing is when you're shooting, yeah, when you're shooting a 22 that's suppressed and you have subsonic rounds and you shoot coyotes, don't hear it. I mean, gun goes off. The loudest sound is the sound of the bullet hitting the coyote, and sometimes they yelp before they smoke the ground. Wow. And then you just go to the next one, and you just, you can you can clean up a pack in a hurry. Interesting. I like that idea. I like the idea because <laughs> it's. Cool. I thought about that because I thought I wonder if there's any rules in our state with firing a gun at night because it's probably pretty. Yeah, uh, there's certain calibers. AR. Like I couldn't shoot a Creed more. I think it's like uh, I can't remember how high it goes, but it's pretty low. But I like the idea of using the. Um, the, the silencer <laughs> it'd just be nice and yeah. quiet that's yeah, really cool it's it and, and, you know suppressors are not quiet unless you're shooting subsonic rounds but subsonic rounds like with a thread blackout and the suppressor they get i'm not saying that you can't hear them but it's it's a lot a lot quieter um normally the sound of the bullet breaking the sound barriers it does really really help yeah yeah that makes sense so tell us about um tell us about what's what you guys have in the handgun market because i know you have this fast fire <laughs> three so i just gotta ask <laughs> yeah in the handgun market i mean we have all the red dots in the world right like we've got rt1s rt3s coming out with an rt5 that's on the rifle side we have the Fast Fire 3. Last year, we launched the Fast Fire 4. Um, do, I, do I still have you guys there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll pick right back. Um, yeah, we have the Fast Fire 3. Now we launched the Fast Fire 4. The Fast Fire 4 is basically the Fast Fire 3, but with four different reticle options. So that's sweet. Oh, that's cool. Nice. In, in the ha hunting handgun market, I mean, Burris is the, the originator of the handgun scope. So... In the hunting market, when you talk, you know, 357s, your 44 mags, people, you know, stuff people actually hunt with, you know, we have everything from two to seven power to three to nine power variable with the ballistic reticles for your holdovers. And that's the stuff that I've, you know, over the last five years gotten really into. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. I want to get into the, uh, is it a 44 mag that you would use for the handgun man. hunting? Yeah. That's what I use. Um, people use everything from, shoot some people shoot them with 10 millimeters some people hunt with 357s there's even like your thompson center contenders where people use 308 65 pretty more 30 30 all kinds of stuff um yeah. so you can get into your larger center fire cartridges i'm more of a traditionalist i shoot a ruger super black hawk standard revolver uh you know longer barrel mm -hmm. and 44 mag and shot a doe last year in wisconsin 115 yards had the burris handgun scope dialed all the way up to seven wow 
That's awesome. That's one of my dreams. I, I was telling open early in the year and he was laughing. He's like, Oh, we're going to wound all these deer. Cause I always, I love the idea of just having like a big handgun that I don't have to hold a gun or anything. I could just like, I could put it in a holster and like sit in a tree and just relax. Trying to, I'm trying to get one. him to shoot one with a rifle first. Yeah. Get, get yeah, one under it. the belt and then, uh, yeah, take it in progression, you know, but no, funny you say that. No, so. Logan's got me pumped up, man. I want to go with a pistol. I will say on the on the wounding thing, make sure with the handguns, you do your research on the bullet you're going to use. Make sure, you know, you're hiring a good, good fast bullet. Make sure it's either a hollow point that's going to expand or one of the plastic tip bullets that's going to expand. And what's a little bit different, it's almost like I would think about it like shooting a muzzleloader you really almost want to hit them in the front shoulder to get that bullet to open. Just like with a muzzleloader, if you mm. just hit behind the shoulder and it doesn't hit anything, it'll just go through in a hole and it won't open up. Interesting. Um, so your, your shot placement, yeah, your shot placement needs to be a little bit different because um, you want that bullet to open. Um, same thing people see with muzzleloaders. If, they, if, you have a, if you ever shoot someone with a muzzleloader and it runs off and there's like no blood trail, it's just because it didn't hit anything on the way through and it just poked uh. a hole. What about what do you what would you say to that for like that 350 legend or 450? Do you still aim for the shoulder? Yeah, I mean, a 350 legend, 450 bushmaster, those things are heavy. Those things are, are they're wrecking. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you hit a deer with one of those and you're good. It's just like the muzzleloader bullets, the handgun bullets, they don't really like to open too much. Um, so. You got enough speed going. There we go. Get him in the shoulder. You hit him good with the with the handgun. They go down, man. My my doe last year went 15 yards. So, so what's your thoughts on um uh when it comes to because you you do obviously know a lot about guns. So I'm asked this question anyway. What's your thoughts on um side sidearm protection? So for instance, I'm going bear hunting coming up. And I got a 45 Springfield I was going to bring XDE. And um, my question is, is that the ammo, like, would you recommend like, because I always thought like if a bear is charging you or something, which this is not going to happen, but like, let's just say the potential could happen a bear charged me. Is it better to shoot a hollow point at the bear? Or is it better to shoot a full metal jacket to like break the head type thing? That is, that is a loaded question, my man. I, I <laughs> shoot full metal, I shoot full metal jackets in my right when i hunt out west whether it's for lion or whatever it's for hunting in an area with grizzlies when i'm up in alaska or whatever um i i take full metal jacket um that's personal preference if you're going to try to shoot them in the head with a hollow point news flash it's uh, not going to work so well for yeah. you so you have to kind of know your setup and know where you want to hit them ahead of time um so i i like to take full metal jacket i i've always kind of run the scenario through my head of course you know it's never going to happen but always assume the worst I've always kind of played it through my head like let's say you do get attacked by a bear in my hand my carry gun I know I got seven rounds my first six are going into its body as it's running at me and my in this scenario I'm holding that pistol as hard as I can with that last bullet in it left I'm letting it knock me to the ground and then it's going the last one's going in its head that's yeah. that's the, that's how I play the scenario out but yeah I was just curious because I you know I I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, I, I saw, so like we had a guy shoot a pig a couple of years ago and he tried to, it didn't die right away. He tried to finish it by shooting in the, in the head with a hollow point at 40 caliber and it didn't do nothing like nothing. And I'm like, what? Like <laughs> the thing was like, fine. I'm like, wasn't I'm that like, a Russian boar though? I mean, they're kind of, 
still i'm just saying yeah. like it's a handgun if three yards away you know i mean it was, it was crazy to me that it didn't do much and it, i mean i'm sure it hurt it don't get me wrong but it didn't kill it didn't even knock it out it was the craziest thing i've ever seen um but anyway that's what i was thinking this year I'm, when i'm getting ready for this hunt i'm like well i, I would rather full metal jackets i want it to you know break whatever it hits whether because if it's charging its head's coming at me first so I, you know i just gotta build it and i'm more worried about the recovery so if i shoot it with my bow which i plan to do and you go to recover it and let's just say it's not dead right it you know could get crazy <laughs> yeah no you're totally right and like i said always assume the worst man and also put your best best foot forward assuming the worst putting your best foot forward that's why i carry from what full metal in my uh carry gun you know and what's your again, carry gun so I have two different carry guns and it depends on how far back I'm going. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the old, it's the old backpackers curse, right? Like I do a lot of backpack, uh, backcountry hunting here in Colorado. And if I'm going super deep, I just take my, it's a little Ruger. I think it's called an LCP. It's a little 380. Um, so I take that. And then if I'm not going super deep, I have a Taurus nine millimeter, uh, their G2C. So you, so that's your main, the nine millimeter would be your main one. If you're, going somewhere dangerous yep uh well no because if i go to alaska i'm taking my 44 that's anywhere what, where that's there's, what I was getting any, yeah anywhere where there's grizzly bear i'm bare minimum 357 probably my 44 okay yeah that's what i was getting at yeah all right yeah. i hope i got an upgrade again <laughs> here we go <laughs> again i've never had to use one i don't think you ever will but nah yeah i just fun hey, buying them <laughs> I, I, I have just... i have drawn i have drawn them I have almost had to use them in Alaska. So, wow. and that was fishing. I wasn't even hunting. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, we went to Canada. You couldn't even have, all we have is bear spray. Oh, uh, scary. In the yeah, middle of nowhere. Crazy. with They don't no allow contact. you to have a gun in Canada if you're American. <laughs> hey, it's crazy. <laughs> yo, public, serious, public services announcement. All listeners. Uh, it's a very common thing that happens out west that I feel like not a lot of spray is a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do oh, yeah. not rely on bear spray. No. It may work to one walk in the beginning, but just know, know that once you spray that bear spray, it literally, in a matter of five minutes, becomes an attractant. After the sting wears off, it gets sweet and it will attract them. So if you are in your tent sleeping and a bear comes to invade and you spray it all over, can you continue to sleep there? you will get eaten public service That's now once you, once you spray your bear spray you need to get you need to get the That's good to know. You spray that i am not kidding that so it's crazy there you go i guess next time we go i'll just get a whistle <laughs> no will you spray and run get the heck out of yeah. there dude That's what you run to you're three miles from the next dude yeah well yeah. you run it out yeah, i ran it out of, uh, <laughs> You do it the people of, of Boulder, dude. The People's Republic of Boulder just throw cashews at them, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the I'll bar. just trip Nopum in front of me and I'll run. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. I mean, you guys got so many things going on here. It's, yeah. it's rough. How, you know, let's ask the harder question. So, I mean, how you guys been as a company as far as getting product? Because, you know, obviously it's very complicated and a different time right now for companies. Things are selling like crazy, but also the supply chain. So how's that? How are you guys doing with that uh, being affected? Yeah, I mean, luckily our factory has been running full speed ahead the whole time. So we've been cranking the product out, man. Uh, I think awesome. we took, so uh, it was around April, maybe of last year, somebody in our factory got it. 
Um, so we took a two week break, literally like all 120 employees over at the factory kind of just took a two week break, let everything settle down and then came back to work. And other than that, our factory has been ripping the whole time. So nice. we've been cranking the product out as far as the stuff that we do, you know, supply and, and, and get shipped in. It's been all right. Um, there's obviously some struggles and some, some hurdles there, but overall, overall, not too bad. That's good. The um, when it comes to the bino market, you know, it doesn't look like you guys change anything this year with it yet. And the thing is, though, there's such high quality. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know where else you go from here because <laughs> they're yeah. they're really nice. Like, I've been really happy with the binos. Like, I, I just feel like when I'm holding them, I'm holding quality. I mean, it's like a amazing to me. So, what's what's the thought on that? Where are you guys going somewhere different or adding anything to that in the next couple of years? Or what's your thoughts? So yeah, the, on the binos got the, the two different lines right now. Um, the drop time, which is definitely your, uh, you know, very high value, um, especially for what you're paying. Uh, and then on the signature HD side, that's definitely like our top of the line stuff, which I don't really know how we can really improve upon those. Unlike most optics companies, we really only offer those two lines. And the reason we do that right now is if we order a lot of them, it allows us to bring the cost down. So rather than offering, you know, 10 different variations where we're only ordering a couple hundred of each and it jacks the price way up, it's a way for us by only offering two different models. Granted, we have two or three different sizes in each one of those. It allows us to get the cost way down. So I don't really foresee us ever getting crazy into the vinyl market just because if we did that, we'd be forced to drive the prices up a little bit, which we don't want to Yeah. And I, I think yeah. that, you know, when, when I, I feel like the one thing is this, I love about Burris is like, and this is not because you guys sponsor the show or anything like that. When I say this, the quality is so good. And like, it's just so nice when you, when you have a product that's such good quality and you don't have to think twice about like, is it going to last? Is it worth the money? That's the one thing I love about this brand that, you know, you guys have done such a great job keeping this, this stuff, high quality low price and you know getting people have options i mean look at the grip alone on that those things are amazing like it's got actual texture grip and you you know when you're holding them you can feel it and like i said that you feel the quality it is definitely in my opinion maybe the best vinyls on the market very very well done yeah we, we appreciate that man they're they're definitely solid they were built to be that way um you know like like you said with all of our stuff man there's we've been around for 50 years and there's a reason for it um, <laughs> we weren't born yesterday. Been around for 50 years, man. And we're not going, not going anywhere. All right, Logan. Thanks Love so it. much. Uh, Burris optics guys, check them out online. You get a minute. I'll post the links below, but again, you know, high quality meets good price and you know, you, you're not going to, you're not going to be disappointed at all. And so yeah, it's yeah. one thing I can tell you from this conversation that if, if Burris said tomorrow, Forget you, BHP. We're never talking to you again. I would, I would always I'm still think using that's my one of the binos. best quality binos I've ever played. But, but stay tuned for the uh, the test lab videos on the new uh, both sites too. It's yeah, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a good year. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.